on today's episode of Think Jargon CAC. Yes, it's the sound that a cat makes when it coughs up a hairball. But it's also a key piece of jargon that's going to help you understand your return on investment when it comes to advertising. And of course, Jared's in charge of this one. Think Jargon is a podcast about marketing, sales, and content creation. If acronyms like SEO, PPC, and CRM make your head spin, then this podcast is for you. We cut through the jargon used by fancy agencies to help you make sense of the ever-changing world of modern marketing. Thanks for joining us. And now, here are your hosts, inbound marketing expert Jarrett Broussard and digital content creator Stuart Poulton. How's it going? Peachy. I'm buying a house. What? Yeah. They say it's stressful, but I don't know if it's my wife or not, but it's going well. You're just taking it easy? You're not stressed at all? Not really. It's going to be what it's going to be. Moving, it, although the... The um, the end result is awesome. Just going through the process sometimes can be a, a bear. Yeah, I think what stress comes when we try and uh, we try and push back waves. Yeah, I think life. You know, you just you've got to be as prepared as you can and appreciate that some things are outside your control. And yeah. so we'll all find out together. But we're okay. We're doing well. Cool Good luck with that. That sounds like a fun experience. Thank you. I'm pretty sure that when I do move into that house, I'll be able to measure its return on investment in some effective <laughs> way. But we're talking today about... Wow, what a transition uh, It was there. a little rough. It was a little rough. No, no, that was, was good. Like, yeah. <laughs> what are we talking about today, Jared? <laughs> ROI and the jargon, the, that's jargon for um, return on investment. And I think this return on investment has always been a thorn in the side for marketing folks because... Good, let me start. I know where you're going. Jared has been around since since dinosaurs roamed the earth. Thank you. And yes. Half <laughs> Pre-internet. Yes. This is brought... Jared's got all this perspective, yeah. so I'm looking forward yeah. to this. It has been the thorn. It has. Explain so why. In days before the internet, um, let's say television advertising, um, you know, companies like car dealerships, attorneys would spend thousands and thousands of dollars a month Hundreds on advertising. I'm talking, yeah. you know, depending on the market, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 a month on advertising. And anytime I would go into their office and ask them um, hesitantly, how is their advertising working? What kind of return are they getting? 99% um, of the time, the answer I would get is, I don't know. And that's scary. Yeah, because you're spending you're, that sort of money. You're yeah, spending that sort of money, and um, for me, on the other side of the desk, I was the commission salesperson who was uh, whose livelihood was dependent upon that client continuing to spend thousands and mm -hmm. thousands. Because if they stopped, I was 100% commission. I would not make a dime. So, uh, obviously, as sales and marketing folks, we want to have some sort of definitive answer so that we can stop guessing at what the return on investment is and we can actually make sense of it. And with the internet and the evolution of the web and um, things like inbound marketing, now there's no more guesswork. There are actual formulas, it's black and white, and you can tell um, if your advertising is working or not. I've got a buddy and uh, he is he, he was being interviewed on another podcast. So it's a guy who has a radio show and a strong internet presence talking on somebody else's podcast. So they were yeah. asking him all about his career and stuff like this. And it was real, I appreciate it because of my age. He's like, he's coming from the internet world, the blogging world yeah. where where he can see 
what engagement he's getting yeah. on everything he pushes out. And they're like, you know, well, well, how, you know, how's the radio show going? And he's after going talking about his his rise through the internet. He said, I don't know. Yeah. He said it's one of those mediums that people come up to me. He says, yeah. and they say, I heard you on the radio. I listen to yeah. you every day, but there's no way to know. No. And I thought he doesn't even appreciate because he's younger than I am. Just that was the perfect illustration yep. of the old versus the new, but in reverse. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it persists in radio is my point. Absolutely. And that's how old traditional advertising worked is, you know, that's why the newspaper was so successful for a long time because, you know, car dealerships and attorneys, that's how their father did it in the business. And that's how their grandfather did it. So they continued to do things over and over because it was how things were done. It did, they had no clue if it was working or not. Um, there was no mathematical formula that they could figure out and, and, and turn it back to, uh, you know, a, a logical decision. It was just all, I don't know if it's working or not. Yeah, but now that's changed with digital. Definitely has changed. So and how, so, how do I go about, if I'm a car dealership, measuring my return on investment, my ROI with digital? So there's two main factors that you have to um, equate. One is called customer lifetime value. So basically what you want to do is take the expected value of a customer spend in, uh, over the you know lifetime and multiply it times your gross profit percent. So for example, if you're like, let's just say you're a software company and you're charging someone $200 a month for your mm -hmm. software and the average amount of time that someone stays with you is 50 months. So um, you would take the, the 20, you would multiply, I mean, the, I'm sorry, you'd take the 200, which is the how much you charge per month, you would multiply it times 50 months, and you would take that number and multiply it times the gross profit percent. So if it was 50%, then you would say, you know, uh, was that four thousand dollars or four two hundred times fifty? I'm bad at math. Whatever that is, um, I'm not going to help you. <laughs> then you would multiply <laughs> it times fifty percent. So two hundred times fifty is ten thousand uh dollars times fifty percent, which is your gross profit. Your lifetime value for a customer is five thousand dollars. Okay, so that's your lifetime value. I understand the logic? How to get there? Sure. Yeah. So once you have your lifetime value, let's just say it's five thousand dollars, then you're gonna you're going to take that number and you're going to equate it against what's called the CAC or the customer acquisition cost, and that's just a fancy jargon for sales and marketing expense divided by how many numbers of customers you've acquired. So back to the software example. If you've spent $10,000 on sales and marketing to acquire 10 customers, then your customer acquisition cost is $10,000 divided by 10 or $1,000. So you've basically spent um, $1,000, right? To make $9,000 profit. To make $5,000. So your lifetime value is five. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the 10,000. Yeah. Here's a screen on, on there, and I'm trying to comment Yeah, on so it. in our software example, the lifetime value is $5,000. What we, you know, the cost acquisition cost, the customer acquisition cost is $1,000. So 5,000, you've basically spent 
$1,000 to receive $5,000. So your right. ROI, your return on investment is five to one. If you were at, I'm not a gambling man, but if you were at a casino and you put a dollar into a machine and every time you put a dollar into the machine, you get $5 back. You'd be putting money in lots of machines. You'd be putting money in lots of machines. So you really just want to come up with, you know, basically how much, you know, the average cost or lifetime value and how much are you spending for that lifetime value. So, you know, three, four, five to one is a nice return. If you're spending for every dollar that you spend in marketing and sales, you're getting $5 back. That would be a return on investment that I would take any day of the week. So how do you get to such clean math when life is complicated and life is muddy? Let's say you have a client and they are um, they are they're committing initially to a small ad spend. Let's say it's ten thousand dollars in the regional market or something. Um, And they at the end of that month, they they say, "Okay, I spent ten thousand dollars on this. Can you back engineer that example into using your math to show me as a client what my ads, what my CAC ratio was? Absolutely. And I will say this, um, this is a great formula to, um, to start with and use over time. If you only did it for one month, Mm. just like in anything else, um, you may lose money in that first month. So if you did it for one month and you said, oh my gosh, you know, my ratio is way off. I'm spending way more to wait to make less and you stop. That is really um, counterproductive because advertising, just like anything else, takes time. And so over months and years, this formula is going to way pay for itself. But you have to give it some time. So, so that's I'm, number one. So uh, to that, to, to your point, if you're looking as if you're a school uh, advertising tuition for the next year and you advertise in the first month of summer holidays, all the families are at the beach. Exactly. So you're talking to no one. But you yep. do it in, in, in September, um, in um, late July, you, there's a whole different audience you're talking to. to your Absol- point. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but to answer your question specifically, I would definitely use this formula for it. Um, the first thing you need to do is, uh, and it doesn't have to be, it really doesn't have to be so exact that you're just banging your head against the wall. But for instance, like we have a orthopedic clinic that we work with and the, um, the value of patients can vary whether you come in for a Mm -hmm. plantar fasciitis for your foot or you're coming in to have major ACL surgery, those are going to be two different um, lifetime values, right? Because one is just coming in for maybe a a shot or two or a treatment or two, and then you're done rather than having a major reconstructive surgery. Right. It's going to be a much higher value. But what you can do is over the body of a year, take all your patients and calculate it based, you know, and have an average lifetime value. So for instance, this particular client, the average lifetime value of a patient is $1,500. Now that might be seem rather low, but basically we take the $1,500 and we apply it to everything that they do so that when they, or let's say they've, they've gotten, you know, um, 200 patients for the month. So we'll take 200 and multiply it times that 1500 
to come up with that customer lifetime value. Okay. That makes sense. Okay, that makes me feel better. So, yeah, life is life is money, and life is so. So we're talking about taking a period of time rather than an individual spend, and looking at that that body of time, yep. and we're talking about uh, averaging out the value of of, of uh, customers to to uh, to an average, a medium, which makes more sense too. But you know what I find, Stuart? What's kind of ironic about this? Sure. This formula is great, and it it works. And if you put pen to the paper and you work it out, you're definitely going to have, you're going to see more value in everything that you do. And it's not always going to be unicorns and rainbows. There's going to be some that you go, whoa, you know, we're spending way too much money and not getting anything in return. But at least you know, so you can make the adjustments. Mm -hmm. What I find, though, it's sort of ironic. Now that we have all the formulas, now that we can do this and we have a, a, a streamlined way of showing an ROI. We have all the data too. We have all the data. 90% of the people we work with don't want to know. It's weird. <laughs> Why not? I'd be, I want to know. I think it's kind of like, I think it's the only way I can relate to it because I've kind of Ask myself that same question. I think it's kind of someone came up to you, and this is sort of dark, but it's the only analogy I can, <laughs> I can figure out. Someone walked up to you and said, hey, I know when you're going to die. Mm -hmm. Would you want to know that date? No. It's sort of the same thing with this. It's almost like, in a weird kind of way, because we're on the agency side, I think a lot of times not only do they not want to know, they almost don't want you to know because then they're going to think, oh my gosh, we're doing so well or Blink Jar is doing so well with our clients that they're going to, they're going to want more money or, you know, increase their retainer because they're, they're going to see how well we're doing with our marketing. That's one. Two, I just think they're, they're, they're scared to, um, sometimes they're scared to be that transparent with their numbers. So a lot of times we're like, hey, if you just give us, you know, um, the lifetime value, um, we can then figure out what your return on investment is. A lot of times they don't want to give you those numbers. I mean, numbers, and I've had a personal experience recently that illustrated this very well. Numbers are wonderful. Money is wonderful. It really brings people uh, that it's hard to justify or argue against a number and if you're if you're not 100 percent solid in what you know your business to be what it stands for whether it's good for the world all those kind of things then numbers start to really um fill in those blanks in a way that if you're if you're not sure before it's it can be uncomfortable. I can see that. I can yeah. see that. It's sort of like a, a scorecard or a mm. report card, so to speak. And a lot of times, I think there some people are better off not knowing and better off just, you know, going on as usual. Because a lot of times these numbers are going to um, invoke change or invoke, you know, more. Um, kind of open up more discussion for what needs to be happening, both internally and externally with the company. So a lot of times they don't even want to approach that. They'd rather, mm. it's almost like they'd rather be in the dark, you know? 
I think that 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 change can always uh, come across to some as scare. I think can always come across to some. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> change can be scary, and I think yeah. that there's some truth to that. But um, we do, like you said, we live in a time where we have all the data we need in order to create formulas like this that make it very clear what's working and what's not. And if your if your plan is long term then it's certainly worth um, at least sitting down with an agency like yours and having that discussion. It is. And, and a lot of times, you know, this can be, it can look complicated and be intimidating. It could look like a bunch of jargon. But when you really break it down, it's really simple. Um, it's simple math. Mm. Okay. Well, uh, let's leave it there. That was interesting. I'm going to uh, ponder that. Okay. I'm not sure I'm going to do anything with it because I don't advertise <laughs> that much. But uh, it was a fun chat. All right. I appreciate it, man. Thanks. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to Think Jargon. If you like this episode, share it with a friend or post a review at iTunes. Your reviews help new listeners find our show. Have a sales question or a marketing problem that you'd like us to cover on a future episode? Contact the show at thinkjargon.com. Until next time, make sure you make the world a better place and cut through the jargon.